Hello and welcome to this special bonus episode of The Dairy Edge. Chagas are running a weekly Let's Talk Dairy webinar series, which is also being made available as a podcast. On this week's webinar, Stuart Childs discusses the current grass situation on farm as we aim to build cover, its impact on feed supply and fertiliser strategy leading into the autumn. So today I'm actually back on the grass again. Um, I suppose I spoke about it three, uh, three, four weeks ago now at this stage in terms of trying to hit the targets uh, and the objectives that we have in relation to that. Um, and I suppose things have taken a bit of a turn in the meantime. Um, the a beauty of a, an autumn or an August uh, heat wave is the, the lovely temperatures, etc. But it does actually have an impact in terms, uh, especially on top of the summer that we've had all along in terms of kind of stumbling along and not particularly fantastic growth or poor conditions coming into the dry spell as well. Uh, so we're in a bit of a backward position, really. And if we look at the figures that the lads produced there on Tuesday from pasture base, um, they're showing that the uh, stocking rate is, uh, we'll say basically average farm covers are at 675 kgs per hectare, which means given that we're on the 18th of August now today, uh, that we're on the date that the lads published that pretty much we're about 75 kgs per hectare behind target for any uh, farm that stocked the three livestock units to the hectare or higher. If we're on a lower stocking rate, so our, our cow to the acre set type scenario, and if we're fortunate enough that there's silage ground coming back into the equation to bring stocking rate down to that, then it's not so bad from the point of view that we're actually okay if our we're actually in a position where we could potentially take out some ground. But for the vast majority of cases, we're probably a little bit on the brink in terms of uh trying to build cover now that said i um i'm only just trying to make people aware of it really i'm not trying to be negative about it it's been fantastic weather obviously getting very good value out of what grass is being grazed but generally speaking there is there is silage going in um and i suppose i would have said a couple of weeks ago that that would be an important piece of the jigsaw anyway in terms of trying to build cover but it's actually going in in order to hold cover uh in the vast majority of the scenarios that we're looking at at the minute and then we have very big variation anywhere from two kilos a meal going in depending on location up to six kilos a meal um all in an effort to try and keep cows fed the only positive i suppose is obviously or the other positive is of course that milk price is strong and has gone stronger again uh, with several of the co-ops already increasing for july milk so that puts uh, people in a very strong position for um the the payout that they're going to be getting for the milk that they're selling that said, I, I suppose the question I'm going to pose to people today is, should you actually stay, be milking every cow that you're going to carry on the farm or that you are carrying on the farm currently? And uh, from, from that point of view, I mean that, yes, there is a very good payout, but I think if people were to look at milk recording figures, they would find that there's probably a portion of cows that could actually leave the system and not necessarily impact in terms of financials really that dramatically because if we're paying it out to bring it in, um, even though we're getting well paid for the milk that's going out in the lorry, uh, it, the, the actual profit level mightn't be that significant in the overall scheme of things. And look, it's very, I suppose, unique and specific to every farm because every farm is different in terms of grass position, different in terms of where they see themselves going in the next um, couple of weeks, we'll say in terms of growth now that the rain has come and then there are farms that have little or no rain got actually in spite of all the thunderstorms around the country in the last few days and, and are still very much backs to the wall in terms of grass situation so i think we just need to be conscious of 
And I suppose, uh, dare I say it, I suppose people are conscious as well of not actually getting rid of stock from the point of view of the talk of co-culling schemes, et cetera, um, and all this that's going on around uh, emissions and so forth. But at the same time, I think invariably in the past, uh, like we're only talking about a handful of cows here, and invariably in the past where people are trying to hold on to stock for different reasons, be it extra land coming up, all this kind of stuff, it generally doesn't actually pay that well uh, to do that. So now, look, I suppose if we're talking about 5,000 a cow for a call, as was on the journal there a fortnight ago or three weeks ago, you would be saying, OK, would you try and hang on there? But look, that's all speculation. And I think you have to really deal with the here and now in a lot of cases as to see whether it's uh, justifiable. And that scheme could be a good bit away anyway. Uh, and then there's also talk that it could be on, the, on a base year of a couple of years ago. So maybe you might have more cows than you had a couple of years ago and that that, that calling isn't going to be all that significant from that point of view. So I suppose the, the big thing that I would say to people is that you need to obviously know what your farm cover is now uh, and you have to make a decision then as to what you're going to do. Bit of a tricky scenario, I suppose, this week in that the rain has come now um, and we'll say growth rate obviously from last week into this week is going to be slightly misleading from the point of view of you're not going to have savage growth but the growth is actually potentially coming. So we've seen some, I've seen some very good photos from some of the farmers that I'd be in contact with there where water just maybe uh, in one particular picture, um, roof water off of a shed was flowing out onto a section and the difference in, in growth in that area because he actually didn't get a lot of rainfall, I suppose. And obviously there was a lot more water fell on the section um, or because of where the pipe was coming out off the shed that got a, quite a lot of water. Um, and the, the difference that that made to growth is actually, I suppose, quite remarkable, really. And I suppose, again, even though we're kind of talking about building covers, we're actually looking at walking the farm every five days over the next couple of weeks um, in order to try and keep a, a handle on where things are going and making the right decisions to try to, to um, make sure that our cover still goes some bit of the way to hitting target. Now, there is, I suppose, and this is speculation again on my behalf, I suppose there is a good chance um, that given the way the forecast is looking for the forthcoming week, uh, that there's kind of a bit, bit unsettled, but obviously ground is very dry, very warm, soil temperature is very high. So we're going to get nitrogen mineralization. We're also going to see people applying some nitrogen as well, obviously, um, when now that the weather has broken. So we should get actually, or there is a potential for a kind of a bounce in growth um from all those factors coming into play i suppose and that could see us moving from a situation of being behind the curve to being ahead of the curve um and again i suppose that would be the ideal scenario if we could bounce very quickly and, and recover very quick but at the same time i don't think we can just uh hope as, as they say in the strategy so i suppose hoping for that to happen may not necessarily be a good thing and i would think from the dry farms perspective definitely um, that there is probably, and actually, you know, from heavy farms even as well, for, for whatever reason, it can be very, it's very strange. Heavy farms suffer when it's wet, but sometimes they can suffer uh, maybe slightly delayed, as well, but but equally so kind of when the weather does get very dry as well in terms of grass quality and so forth. So even if we did start to get a big bounce in growth, there's probably scope for one or two paddocks that need correcting and tidying up still around the place, even though it wouldn't be your kind of normal advice. Uh, and definitely, I suppose, as we move into September, we probably want to move away from moors, et cetera, in fields um, on grazing platforms. But that said, grass quality and trying to build quality off of a, a good base is very, very critical to uh, getting good clean outs throughout that last rotation 
into October and especially into November when ground conditions get that little bit more tricky and so forth. So I suppose we're looking at a situation, as I said, where we're hoping for compensatory growth nearly in terms of uh, a bounce from the heat combined now with the moisture that has now come in a lot of cases and with the mineralization that's naturally going to come following that very dry spell as, along with uh, levels of nitrogen that have gone out. So I suppose generally speaking, we're, you'll have seen the advice that the lads were given. Um, you're talking probably in or around your 18, 19 units, maybe still where you have good growth um, or where you have moderate levels of growth, I suppose 40s to 50s. If you're in a very low growth and again, looking at the predicted growth rates from Melody on Tuesday, you can see that up to the um, the lower part of Leinster, I suppose, the southeast part, southeastern part of Leinster, we still have growth rates that are only predicted to be in the mid-30s at best. So it's questionable still for those farms as to whether they should be applying nitrogen because the uh, um, the growth just isn't there to take it up. So we maybe need to hold off another week there. I suppose on average, I would say, just looking at the map, that we're probably looking at somewhere in the mid-50s for most farms across the country um, on the basis of LED figures there on Tuesday. So that would say that we we should be applying nitrogen now at this stage and that that would be okay to do so. So um, as I said, the 15, 20 units, and then I suppose we're beginning to move into a situation where we want to consider blanket uh, spreading on the farm. Uh, again, that the, the decision around that will probably be made uh, in the next two weeks, kind of, we'll say, depending on what way things go. But we're generally looking at maybe somewhere 25, uh, maybe 25 to 30 units, depending on stocking rate there around the start of September, late August, in order to get maximum return from that fertilizer, it's better to be applied earlier. Um, so as I said, the the question that has to be asked, I suppose we've talked about the grass growth side of things and, and that's that's the, the availability piece. What's the demand situation on one's farm then? So again, just looking at some examples um, and that I've seen in the last couple of weeks, um, farms, I suppose, if we look at the average milk yield, there's good milk there, there's 22, 23, maybe even 24 litres on farms um, being produced, and that's very good output, but obviously that's the average output of your herd. So there are cows within the herd that are producing quite low uh, volumes of milk, and I think we need to be critically looking at some of those cows seeing there, there are definitely cows that I see looking at milk recording results that they have no business on the farm for the coming year uh, and they should really be called now straight away because they're not performing right now and they're not going to perform into the future either. Poor genetics, poor for maybe other reasons as well, just what, just generally I suppose genetics, they, they don't have the ability to produce what the herd is producing and they're never going to do it. So the, fast, the way to make the herd faster is to call the slowest buffalo as they say. So I, I think people should, if under severe pressure for um, for grass, should really look at, at knocking out some of these um, underperforming cows and and look at the figures, look at your most recent milk recording, see what were they doing. And as I said, again, you do you have to they they, they are producing quite a sum of money, I suppose. In reality, if you look at it, twenty liter cows producing. 20 litres at the moment are going to be generating incomes of 12 euros a day per head, like um, on the basis of a 60 centilitre milk price, and, and it's actually higher than that, probably, to be honest. So they are generating a, a fairly substantial um, income on a daily basis, obviously, like seven, if we say call it 10 euros, 70 euros a week that they're producing. Obviously, they're eating meal, they're maybe eating silage then as well. And they're obviously reducing the grass availability for all the other cows as well. So you just have to factor those kind of things in. 
And again, I'm not talking about significant numbers of cows. I'm talking about taking out just underperforming cows that you just have to ask the question, is it worthwhile um, pushing them, pushing hard to feed them when you could potentially actually increase availability of grass for other cows or actually help yourself reach the target? So very crudely, I, I like just doing a sum of if we say using 150 kilos or if they're eating 150 kilos of grass, if you took out 10 cows um, at 15 kgs of grass per head, then that's obviously in a 100 cow scenario, it's increasing the grass allowance available to the other cows by a kilo and a half. So that could actually be the difference uh, in between actually having to go feeding silage and maybe getting away with just feeding meal to build your cover. It's also obviously going to help to reduce your demand somewhat. Um, so it reduces your demand and you're also increasing your farm cover then as, as well because you're increasing the, the difference between your demand and your potential growth, which, as I said already, we'd be hoping will be that little bit in the, on the higher side or on the stronger side uh, with the moist draft coming now. So um, they're, they're, look, I'll just show you the targets here. Um, again, just to remind you, I suppose, share screen. So these are the targets and then just a final summary then in terms of uh, what people need to think about. Okay, so the rotation length is probably the, the big driver for people that aren't measuring. Ideally, we uh, lots of people now should be measuring because of derogation. Oh, gone too far forward, too fast. Um, so like you can see here, mid-August, 25 days. The easiest way to implement that for people is actually just divide the farm up into 25 uh, and not give the cows more than that area um, for the day. If that's substantially less than what um, grass is or uh, feed demand is for the herd between the meal and the, and the grass that you're feeding, then obviously silage will have to go in at that point in order to fill the gap. And I suppose you want to try and basically increase that now by two and a half days next week. So you're going to 27 and a half day rotation. So your area that you're going to be allocating is going to reduce. Uh, keeping the fingers crossed, we're hoping that the grass availability will increase and that maybe the silage level mightn't have to be that significant. Or maybe um, people will just continue to feed meal. But going back to what we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, you would say that it's likely, uh, it's more likely now than it was even then that people are going to have to feed silage in order to try and hit hit some sort of a target. Now, there is also that potential, uh, and again, we're keeping the fingers crossed that will actually grow quite strongly over the next uh, number of weeks and that that will actually help rectify the situation. But again, we have to try and react now, maybe to try and create conditions. And in particular, the most important thing that people have to take away from today is you cannot let your farm cover drop below 500 or 550, really. I think if you're in that position already, you need to react very quickly because you need to slam on the brakes and try and let grow grass to start to build on the farm again. Otherwise, you're going to become coming under extreme pressure to build cover. Um, it's no different to the spring that 550 cover basically you dropped farm cover down too low. There isn't enough density of grass basically to grow grass uh, and we just fall behind very quickly. And uh, it'd be very disappointing, I suppose, given the, the milk uh, price that's there this year to end up inside too early um, for if, especially if weather plays ball with us and you had the potential to be out. And then the other risk, of course, is that people stay grazing in spite of the fact that they don't have a lot of grass in the spring is a, a long, hard slog then in terms of having to continue to feed cows inside when they should potentially be out or definitely be outside or ideally be outside. So that's the, the targets, as I said, divide the farm into 25 sections, we'll say to our, into 25. Uh, see where you should be pitching yourself in terms of the area available to cows. Um, the 
the situation, I suppose, around the, the moving forward then, as I said, is in, uh, reducing that area and again, trying to fill, keep that gap filled, whether that's meal, which is your first port call up to potentially, I suppose, six kilos, maybe providing some bit of straw or hay, maybe just as a fiber source, because the grass that you're grazing isn't going to be particularly fibrous potentially, but just to keep them balanced uh, in terms of fiber access, uh, allow maybe access to a bit of hay or straw. Um, and you should be okay in terms of feeding up to six kilos from that point of view. If we go beyond that, we're looking at having to introduce um, more feed in the form of silage or something like that. So that's uh, that piece, I suppose, there's just one question in there. How much fertilizer should be put out going forward? Growth at 22 buffer feeding since May. Can't see it stopping now back two and a half ton on last year. So that pretty much sums up 2022 for me. Um, it's been a kind of a year where it's just stumbling along, basically. No opportunity. The more people I talk to, the less, the more, less bales seem to, the more I hear, less bales have been taken off of platforms this year. And it's not because of anything. So several people have asked the question, is it because of reduced fertilizer? But it's not uh, down to that. It's down to the fact that there just hasn't been that kind of level of growth to sustain the farm. And it's been difficult to take out that surplus. And as a result, we're in that, the situation we're in. And the question of how much fertilizer, I suppose I covered it there a little bit earlier, with a growth of 22 at the moment, you'd have to say it's, it's pointless almost, but no fertilizer at the minute. Um, you will probably get substantial mineralization. You're obviously on very dry soil, I would say, with a growth rate of 22. You have to wait until growth uh, exceeds probably 35 or 40 to justify going with the fertilizer. And again, in your case, it's quite like we give blanket advice. It's very difficult to give blanket advice, obviously, um, for, because every case is different. There is possibly potential that there will be a good response to nitrogen that will be applied up to the deadline of the 14th of September in your case, because we're going to have very high uh, soil temperatures, etc., and probably a growth that's going to carry as well. So um, just, I suppose, the final thing that I'd like to point out to people, I suppose, is there's a number of considerations. Um, there's another question in there. Mineralization, I suppose. Mineralization is basically when the soils are dry, uh, soil microbial activities basically ceases um, because the, there's no water for the microbes to act, uh, act in. And when we get the soil uh, getting reweighted, basically, when we get the moisture, uh, that allows mineralization of nitrogen actually that's in the soil. To, so, so soil nitrogen that's there naturally, basal soil nitrogen, and kind of the residual of maybe earlier application and, uh, applications of nitrogen that haven't been used because of lower levels of growth uh, makes the, the nitrogen available again. So in the past, I suppose, when we would have been using higher rates of nitrogen, we'll say the kind of the your typical bag of can to the acre, or maybe 30 units to the acre, as people would have done. Um, and if and I suppose we've learned a lot from the drought in 2018 in terms of application of fertilizer and growth rate and so forth. The, you would be seeing a scenario now where cows would get quite uh, discontented, I suppose, over the next number of days because nitrogen would surge up in the plant because of that mineralization and that there was a lot of nitrogen in the soil to mineralize. Um, I would, uh, I, I, I'm open to being corrected here now, but I would expect that that probably won't be as severe um, going forward, given that we've definitely lot lower nitrogen rates applied um, all along. So I suppose, like the idea, if we talk to William Burchill about it, um, William will tell you that what you're applying in 20 units is enough to grow your 14 or 15 under cover. We haven't uh, been necessarily growing that, I suppose, in the last number of weeks. So that means that there is nitrogen there available. And then when we apply the extra nitrogen that we will be applying when we are in our growth rates of our 35 plus kind of 
scenario, we have a, a moderate level, but uh, a reasonable level to support growth, but um, not an excessive level that it's actually uh, unsettling coal. So that's the, the mineralization piece. And that's why it's important that there's that background nitrogen being mineralized on an ongoing basis until we get to very exceptionally dry weather where, as I said, it ceases because there's no soil moisture there to keep the microbes active. So the last piece that I want to cover, I suppose, is in terms of this, if we are deciding to call coal, we have to to keep um, one or two things in mind. And that is, no. um, so I suppose just to summarize, farms that are greater than uh, three livestock units to the hectare are currently behind target according to pasture-based information. There is a chance that we will get a compensatory growth now that the rain has come. We, we've gotten 25 mils here in the last uh, number of weeks, or in the last number of days, sorry, with a little bit extra even in the uh, following this morning and very good and warm conditions yesterday as well. So that's actually very strong grotty weather, I would say. And we would expect that that would uh, drive things on a little bit. There is a very, very good milk price there. So it is very tempting to milk on the cows. What you have to remember are the cows that you're talking about holding on to, are they all performing? So we need to look at those cows and make sure that they are all performing. There will be definitely, I will have no doubt in my mind, that there are one, maybe two or three cows in every herd that if they were gone in the morning, you wouldn't actually notice an impact in the bull tank possibly because they're just not really performing. Um, the, I suppose given that the milk price is so good, it is, as I said, it's going to be tempting to continue on. Um, however, input costs are high and we maybe have to factor in that we will have to regrow the silage if we eat silage this year because we've held on to it now. Obviously, there's a certain amount of silage going to be consumed anyway and it'll have to be replaced. But just from the point of view of are you going to feed cows that are underperforming just for the sake of keeping them and have to turn around and replace it? It's a big sum. It's an arduous sum to do. But like if we factor all these things in, you could actually uh, find that as, as good as the milk price is, that those two or three cows, as I said, are actually costing you money or, or maybe break even at best. Uh, a very, very important point to note for people is the tax position. Big tax um, exposure coming this year, despite everything, in, despite the price of fertilizer, despite the price of feed, tax exposure is going to be significant. And I spoke about it a number of weeks ago, and we spoke about it with Patrick going as well, that we need to be very conscious of that. And I suppose selling cows obviously is going to add to the uh, revenue earned. So you need to factor in that if you're doing that, that maybe that there's um, a potential that you're going to increase your tax bill. So I think people really do need to talk to their accountant uh, and spend wisely. We spoke about that as well a couple of weeks ago, um, but that there is scope for spending on foot of, of, of the good milk price year and also good stock sales, obviously. Um, so if you are selling stock, be, be conscious that you could get a, a bump in, in money. Um, and that money could come on top of money. We'll say if you've been in the habit of calling calls later in previous years and you called them earlier this year, you could, could be kind of getting a double whammy in terms of cold call position. Uh, so just people need to be conscious of that. And then a very, very significant one, I suppose, um, is winter housing and storage facilities. Our, our slurry storage date is coming forward um, in 2022 to the 15th, uh, sorry, the 8th of October. And now there's still the possibility that we will be allowed to spread some of the, the the material that's generated up to the fourth, up to the fifteenth of October again, but that is not guaranteed yet. So we we are actually in in essence kind of in the short term increasing our our um, flurry storage by a week in all our, our areas. So how are you fixed for that? Uh, you need to look at your winter housing and your storage facilities in terms of that. And wood calling cows or reducing cow numbers actually solve a problem for you in the short term. And it's very important that we do try to 
uh, square that circle, I suppose, in terms of having adequate storage. We had a very kind January in 2022. We don't know what the January of 2023 will have, and we might need all the storage that we have available. So uh, in summary, I suppose people need to sit down and, uh, well, first, of all, first off, you need to walk firm, assess your grass position, know where you're at, know where you're at relative to the targets. Uh, and then secondly, you have to decide that if obviously you're behind target, um, if you're ahead of target, sure, quids in basically, I suppose. But that's it. It's still say that people need to consider looking at some of the cows that they are milking or they justified. Cows that are, maybe any cows that are lame or anything like that need to maybe dried off, maybe put to an out block or something to increase availability. They're probably not um, producing that much milk. So just be, be, be ruthless, I suppose, in terms of the assessment of cows in that sense. Uh, and then the other thing, obviously, is to uh, if you're if you're behind target, obviously, then you have to ask the question of should you carry all the cows that you have at the moment? Um, and I'm talking about cows even maybe that potentially might be in calf even uh, if they're not really doing the, the business for your farm. You should ask the question, are, are they do they have a position on your team? It's basically like the strongest 15 needs to be out all the time. And if there's any weakness in the team, it, there's a risk that the team is going to fail. So. I suppose that's uh, the long and the short of it. So in the meantime, uh, all the best to everyone. Um, have safe farming for the week ahead. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. That's all for this week's Let's Talk Dairy webinar series. And don't forget to look out for more bonus episodes each week. I'll be back with our usual Dairy Edge interview on Monday. So do listen in then. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey. And thanks for listening.